Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Reverend, for joining us this morning to recognize the passage of the Fort Housing Act 50 years ago today. My name is Michael Zipper. I'm the president of the Greater Milwaukee Association of Realtors. You know, when we were putting this event together, I was reminded that realtors weren't always supportive of the Fort Housing Act. And I've always been shocked by that. I just learned about it a couple of years ago myself. And the reason I was shocked is that the Fort Housing Act, Fort Housing in general, is part and parcel to the DNA of realtors. It's just baked into their DNA. And we spend a lot of time focusing on fair housing issues with new realtors that join the business, several hours, in fact. And the part of ethics, the realtor's part of ethics, has fair housing baked into it as well. It's inexplicably linked to the Fair Housing Act. So it's somewhat shocking, but none of it would have been possible without the people we're going to honor today who marched down this street and passed the 16th Street Bridge 50 years ago. So we've got a really good slate of speakers coming up. I would like to start by recognizing two people in the audience, Representative Dan Newman and David Crowley. Thank you both for coming. And we've got a really good slate of speakers, so I think we're going to get started. Because I was basically 13 years old, and they were a few years older than I was. So, so 
that are stretched in my mind as these young people um, who led the charge and helped the older people in this community recognize that we needed to be changed. You look maybe four or five years older now. Just, I don't want to offend anybody, um, but it's amazing that there are so many of these individuals who are still so engaged in our community. And I think for many of you, it probably was a defining moment in your life as well. That it formed you as a person, it made you recognize that you had a voice, it made you realize that you could help gain change, and that sometimes gain change comes more difficult than we would want it to. So for the young people here, for the coming attractions, as I'll call them, um, they, they hopefully will have the same opportunity to be a positive role in this community, and I'm confident, 100% confident, that they will be. So what I would like to do, and what I'm going to do, is to move to the Excelsior elders, but they're really not elders. They're, they're still young at heart. The, the individuals who are here today who were involved 60 years ago. So as I read your name, if you could please stand. Um, and you can see they're already standing out here to give you a standing ovation. Uh, but if, even if they were sitting, I'm confident they would stand as well. Mary Ann Arnum. Susan Arnum. Stay standing, please. Wilbur Arnum. Troy Booker. Bill Johnson. Bryce McGee, Ken McGee, Michael McGee, Ben Lillian, Pagalaja, Bill Wrigley, Frank Williams, Larry Wallace, Chuck Wrigley, I forgotten you here? Oh. Okay. All right, that's all. Let's give them a huge round of applause. We're honored to be in your presence. Thank you for everything that you have done. And something I wish you all this is a challenge. We're working together to improve housing opportunities for 10,000 Milwaukee households. I'm very proud of the progress we're making, and there's much more to be done to improve the lives of Milwaukee residents and the health of our neighborhoods. We need additional partners to leverage our city programs with other financial support to keep families in their homes and to create new affordable housing units over the next decade. I was just at West Lawn Gardens last night, and if you haven't seen the tremendous progress that has occurred there, we should all be proud of that, um, because I believe that having decent housing is as close as you can come to a basic human right at the local level. That we all want to have a safe place for our children, for our grandchildren, and for our families. And my commitment to you as mayor is to do everything I can to make sure that all residents of this city have fair housing and have an opportunity to live where they want to live. We have to continue this, this quest because it's something that unfortunately there are still challenges that we are all aware of. But I certainly am committed, and I know you are too. We are pleased and thrilled to have the support of the Greater Milwaukee Association of Realtors to promote home ownership opportunities within Milwaukee neighborhoods. Um, this is what it's all about, making sure that people have that place where they can be safe and they can make sure that their children are safe as well.
But in closing, I do have a proclamation, if you'll bear with me for several moments, from the Office of the Mayor of City of Milwaukee's proclamation. Whereas, the City of Milwaukee proudly joins community members in celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Fair Housing Act on Wednesday, April 11, 2018. And whereas, the Fair Housing Act was signed on April 11, 1968 by President Lyndon B. Johnson in order to end housing discrimination and residential segregation by outlawing bigotry in sales, financing, rental, and other housing-related transactions. And whereas the Fair Housing Act protects buyers and renters from discrimination based on race, religion, national origin, sex, disability, and family status. And whereas the Fair Housing Act helps to strengthen families, communities, businesses, the economy, and move us closer to being a community, a state, and a nation where fair housing and opportunity are the standard. And whereas the City of Milwaukee proudly joins community members in celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Fair Housing Act. Now, therefore, I, Tom Barrett, Mayor of the City of Milwaukee, do hereby proclaim today, Wednesday, April 11, 2018, to be Fair Housing Day, Fair Housing Act Day throughout the City of Milwaukee. Thank you all for being here today. Thank you. All right, thank you, Tom. Uh, next up, we have Vicki Kostow, the Chairwoman of the Greater Milwaukee Association of Realtors. Good morning. On behalf of the Greater Milwaukee Association of Realtors, I would like to thank you all for being here. I would especially like to thank the members of the NAACP Youth Council, Commandos, and all the participants of the Fair Housing Marches 50 years ago. Your efforts have improved the lives of thousands of people in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and throughout the United States. The principles you marched for were important 50 years ago and are just as important today. And they will be more important tomorrow as future generations pursue the American dream of homeownership. I would like to introduce some of those future homeowners this morning. Please welcome Jaslyn, William, Wyatt, Tyler, Anthony, Calvin, Dejan, My Angel, Infandel, Ipiana, Adrian, and Kieran. We also have Bree from the Milwaukee School of Arts who wrote, Where I Want to Live, a heartfelt poem regarding the 50th anniversary, which you can read over here on our thank you board. And from Dorford School, we also have Sky, Brandy, Brandon, Messiah, and Dante. Your school is participating in Arts at Large on April 20th with an exhibit featuring the vision of insight of today's MPS students who have recognized the history of Milwaukee's fair housing movement. We all stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. Those of us here this morning stand on the shoulders of the NAACP Youth Council and Commandos from 50 years ago. And these children, our future homeowners, will stand on our shoulders. We cannot allow the great strides made a half century ago to falter. That would be an insult to the people who fought for fair housing and jeopardized housing opportunities for these children. And just a couple of decades from now, they will be the future. To help prepare young people for home ownership, we are donating $12,500 to Home Buyer Resources Incorporated to educate them about becoming homeowners. 
I would like to thank Shalak Realtors, Remax Realty 100, the First Barber Foundation, and Century 21 Affiliated for making this generous contribution possible. In addition, this May and June, the GMAI will execute an education and awareness campaign to encourage home ownership. The campaign will include a postcard mailing to thousands of current registers and the placement of wild cards in area churches inviting everyone to attend HIA's home education program for and homes. Since 1991, HRI has been providing home buyer counseling services and working to stabilize families and facilitate neighborhood improvements throughout um, home ownership. HRI has worked with thousands of people in Milwaukee, Wakasa, Racine, and Kenosha to educate them and help prepare them to purchase a home. HRI offers an online program, regular workshops, and one-on-one counseling. Research has shown there are enormous social and financial benefits associated with home ownership. Home ownership brings stability to neighborhoods and leads to stronger social ties with neighbors. Homeowners are more likely to be physically engaged and care about the community and its future. Homeowners also have a significant impact on their children. Research also shows children of homeowners are more likely to stay in school and have improved educational outcomes. We have seven champions, 50 years ago, who stood up and took action to demand fair and open housing. Once again, thank you. All right, next up we have uh, the Cancer President, Ashanti Hamilton. The question is going to be a little something that typically is overlooked. Because it's very difficult sometimes to honor people who switch things up and make people feel uncomfortable. Even though you're the beneficiary of their work. So, if you trust and believe, because if you have the word of history, Even though we have voices like Father Grassy, and we have voices 
the collective effort of all of us. So I always like to say, because I was invited back home, because I realized um, when, I, when I walked back on campus that people still remember the fact that we went to Marquette. So I got my uh, past president, uh, uh, Willie Hines, uh, out here in the audience, who is also a Marquette grad. who is also a champion for pushing affordable housing and the access to, to home ownership when he was on the council and was now working in the housing authority pushing that very same thing. That our work never stops with just the protest. We have to start implementing the things that we say are important to us and that's important to our community and honor the work, honor the work that so many have sacrificed for. That's why today is so important because it's a step forward in keeping that promise and making sure that our community is stable and giving to our citizens what they deserve. So thank you for being here today supporting this effort. Thank you, Alderman. Uh, next up, it's my pleasure to uh, introduce uh, Fred Reed, former NAACP Youth Council Commando and Peggy Rosda, the NAACP Youth Council member. Hello, everybody. God bless us with a wonderful day for this ceremony. I'm pleased to be here. Um, Mayor, you spoke about being younger. I remember the days when I could have just levitated up on this stage. Now, I had a little problem with the arthritis and stuff, just coming up the stairs. And, and Mike, um, Getting in your remarks earlier about um, the realtors not being and putting themselves in the best position to, to support our efforts to obtain fair housing. Um, at this point, I would like to just um, comment on fair housing, open the door, you can move anywhere, educate. Don't take this the wrong way. We can educate our kids, our youth, and our people um, about the necessity and how to purchase and get into a, a, a nice home, but without jobs. It's virtually impossible. We need also economic employment in, in the, for, for our children. We, we need to make a way for them to ha obtain jobs. And with that being said, um, as I look around, I deeply appreciate my family youth council and former commander so much. It's a heartfelt feeling, warm feeling to see them out, just to come out to continue to wave the banner. Won't you join me as I salute them with all my heart. Um, I thank you. I love you. I'm reminded of the song of yesteryear. Those were the days, my friend, I thought they'd never end. You know, we'd be down in the, in, in the, in the, basement of St. Boniface, we'd be singing and dancing and enjoying the camaraderie each other, uh, eating Miss Campbell, Miss Yarborough's food. We had a good time. Um, it wasn't always a hardship. We found a way to be happy regardless of what, it, uh, what, what was going on. Uh, St. Boniface, um, I refer to it these days as the hallowed grounds on, um, that was once stood on 11 and Clark. They were hollowed grounds. And now, with the passing of the Fair Housing Bill, 
sadly, St. Boniface no longer stands there is a Simala. St. Boniface was a dedicated, uh, a Catholic edifice of worship, but feel, often filled with many denominations, Protestant, Jews alike. We, we all, they all came and were daily energized by the rallies that took place prior to the marches. Those marches that actively protested and targeted the residents of, of, the, uh, of aldermen, judges, um, city hall, city merchants, big business, and, gov and with government contracts. It was just a matter of strategy doing that. But it all comes to achieve the, um, fair housing and to end redlining. Oh, when I close my eyes, I still see um, the, the saints in, in the civil rights movement. I'm talking about the people who paid their dues, that found the need to journey to Milwaukee to lend support to our efforts in the fair housing movement. You know, those ones that could, sing, uh, that could gladly sing the old Negro song, Study War No More, going to lay down my sword and shield. People like um, NAACP uh, Secretary Roy Wilkins, others of, of, of different hue that came from France, England, local people like Ben Barkin, uh, Attorney Jacobson, William Cobb Shallow, Lord Borden, they did, they supported us pro bono with legal. Those are the unsung heroes. Least we forget these unsung heroes. Dr. J. Larkin, Dr. Seymour Lepo, Jerry Sims, who was a, who was a expert in first aid that sometimes, most of the time, rubbed our tired and aching feet. Do you remember, Jerry? The food service people, all these support people, Mother Campbell, Mother Yarbo, Durham, Mother Inez Miller, and Reverend Kirkendall, who counseled the youth. You remember those people? Reverend William Kelly, Reverend Campion, Reverend Bochap. Those are the unsung heroes. Those were the ones that the camera never picked up, but they were there in support. Reverend Kelly held the biggest rally, one of the biggest rallies at his church on, on 9th and North Avenue. Um, and I was just proud to be a part of that. Those are the people. Now, Fannie Lou Hamer came. Martin Luther King men came. Reverend Dr. Jose Williams, a young and vibrant Jesse Jackson, they all came. But I'm most proud to be in the presence of the late, great Fannie Lou Hamer, who carried the battle scars, uh, who, who was facially disfigured, who walked with a limp, but she walked proud, and she was energetic, and she came from the south all the way up here with that limp to support us. I'm proud to have walked with that woman. I'm proud to have sung the, the songs that we sang with that woman. Now, it all started with Belle Phillips, as was mentioned earlier. The older woman who worked tirelessly to get the fair housing ordinance passed. Ordinance passed. However, the youth council and commandos joined in uh, after having uh, heard the complaint uh, coming to Father Grafton from an ex-marine uh, um, ex named Ryan. From then on, the dream partnership was formed between Rafi the commandos and the youth council and Belle Phillips. 
It was on. Now, contrary to some beliefs and opinions, the commandos was a well-organized group, which had structure, i.e., they had rules and regulations. They had operational procedures. It was based on a military model. And we really enforced those rules and regulations. The ranks had levels of responsibility. The commandos' role was to be a protective shield, a buffer between the police and counter-demonstration traders who often displayed mob-type behavior. Many of the commandos had returned from the killing fields of, of Vietnam, where uh, they were well-trained in the art of warfare. Nevertheless, nevertheless, they adhered to a principle of a nonviolent posture. Can you imagine a trained person in warfare would be so disciplined when people spit up on you, when they throw rocks and hurt your little children, that they could maintain their discipline and adhere to the practice of Mahatma Gandhi, influenced by, um, continued by King, that could still be nonviolent. I think that is something to recognize those people for. We endured harsh ridicule, violent actions, and we felt very, we were felt uh, violence on every corner that we went on the South Side, i.e., 16th and National at the Vida. You know, praise the Giordano. You saw those signs. You saw the Klan. You saw the action. You felt the sting. How's the Esco Park? Well, Park Supervisor had the audacity to come up to Father Garpin. And, and, and say, I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, the police can't hold them back. Father, you may as well say your prayer and leave because we're going to hold them back. Can you imagine facing little kids, children, young men, facing hundreds of angry people throwing missiles and enjoying that, but yet adhere to remain nonviolent. supported uh, the seating of the first black 
Tennyson in, in, in Madison. They marched up there. That means they drove up there. They stood up. They refused. A man was elected in 80. They still refused to seat him. But we stood by him, and eventually he was seated. They organized and led the memorial um, when at the death of um, Dr. King while Watts burned. Newark burned. Detroit burned. But it was our calmness and sense of reasoning to know that burning was not the way. That was not the way we were going to go. They organized a mass memorial. Sometimes you see the pictures. They say it was 15,000 people. I say it was more. They came and they peacefully protest. So with all my heart, I love you. God bless you. We got to come together. It's raining. And it's not just raining on blacks. It's raining on white folks. It's raining. If you got an umbrella, let somebody Try that umbrella with somebody. Come together. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Peggy Zasa. I was a member of the Milwaukee NAACP movement starting in about 1966 uh, through the days of the open housing market. We stand here gathered near the north end of what was then the 16th Street Viaduct, now the James E. Groppy Unity Bridge. I grew up south of that bridge. I grew up in a neighborhood built in the post-World War II booming uh, building boom. When my parents died and my siblings and I cleaned out the closet of the house where I had grown up, we found the original deed to that property. Across the face of that deed were written these words, any attempt to sell this property to persons of Negro descent shall be null and void. That is the world that was being constructed by government and by real estate, mortgage, and um, insurance companies before the passage of the voting of the Fair Housing Law in 1968. So I want to thank the Greater Milwaukee Association of Realtors for choosing this particular date make their announcement about supporting home ownership for families for whom that is still a dream. This day that fair housing became the law of the land, the law, the civil rights law that, as Jovan Dale has said recently, is the forgotten piece of civil rights legislation. When I crossed that viaduct from the north side with friends, new friends, African-American friends. I found a different world from the one that I thought I knew very well. I had hung out on 16th Street as a teenager, going out there for pizza. Everybody was fine. Everybody was friendly. What was the problem? I found out. I saw that white reality and black reality may be two different realities. In terms of housing, as Richard Rothstein points out in his book, The Color of Law, for white families, owning a home was an investment. It was a way to accumulate wealth. For black families whose neighborhoods were redlined, which means that mortgages were to get, 
so prices went down for black families housing was not an investment it was an expense and that created the pattern of segregation that we are still trying to dismantle one of the things i learned as a new council member we accepted civil disobedience as one of the tools of our movement. The real lawless people were those in power who could ignore a law without any consequences whatsoever. And for the past 15 years, significant parts of the Fair Housing Law have been ignored. Specifically, the part of the law that says must not be
much-sponsored study that was conducted within 40 metropolitan communities across the country. Milwaukee was one of those communities that was part of that study. The study had two major objectives. To measure the nature and extent of housing discrimination against blacks in the American market, and to determine what factors, including the enforcement of housing civil rights legislation, influenced the observed discrimination against blacks. The results in Milwaukee indicated that when African Americans, equally matched to their white counterparts, were denied housing in the, in the, in the rental market, that percentage was 43% of the time, and 63% of the time in the sales market when seeking the same housing. Individuals participating in that study started the Fair Housing Council in the fall of 1977. Some 40 years later, the council's work continued. But while it's clear that we've seen some measurement of improvement, unfortunately, the goals of the Federal Fair Housing Act have not yet been achieved. Some see the level of progress as acceptable and say change takes Others seem content with the notion that the issue of housing discrimination has been addressed and is but a remnant of our past. But can we stand here today and say that things are acceptable or resolved when in 2017 a Latino family in Milwaukee is given a termination of tenancy and told by their landlord, now you can go back to Mexico where you belong. Is it acceptable that in 2018, a Muslim family in Milwaukee encounters daily harassment from their neighbors across their state? Is it acceptable that an African-American family recently looking for housing in Rolla Park are continually steered to the housing in the city of Milwaukee, despite having the credit and financial means to afford housing in that suburban community? Is it acceptable, or has the problem been resolved when Milwaukee remains metropolitan area remains one of the most racially segregated in the country. Those are just a few examples of cases we handle at the Fair Housing Council. Each one of us has the opportunity and ability to influence the path our society takes. In an avalanche, each snowflake pleads not guilty. We all can make a difference. We all have to make a difference. What do you do on a daily basis? What do you do on a daily basis? In your business transactions, your conversations with friends, relatives, to individually take steps to dismantle the barriers that exclude and isolate those who don't look like us, dress like us, or speak like us. April is designated as Fair Housing Month, but what we do throughout the other months makes the difference. Every month is Fair Housing Month. Every day is Fair Housing Day. Today we're gathered here to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the signing of the long-awaited piece of legislation, legislation that held the promise to secure the freedom of housing equality. What can we look forward to celebrating next year? What will we commemorate on the 51st anniversary? Thank you. Thank you all for coming out this morning. You think that was a perfect note to go out on? Uh, we're not 
done, I'd like to thank the uh, Angel of the Commandos and the Youth Council for giving one final round of applause. Thank you all very much. And as Bill said, our work isn't done, so let's uh, go do it. Thank you very much for coming out this morning.